From Schwartz Media, I'm Ruby Jones. This is 7am. The Independent Commission Against Corruption has begun public hearings as part of its investigation into the actions of former New South Wales Premier Gladys Berejiklian. Over the past couple of weeks, the Commission has heard evidence from senior politicians and public servants relating to a series of multi-million dollar grants lobbied for by Daryl Maguire, the former MP who was in a secret relationship with Gladys Berejiklian. Last week, both Maguire and Berejiklian fronted the Commission and were asked candid questions about the nature of their relationship and the process leading up to the grants. Today, national correspondent for the Saturday paper, Mike Seckham, on what happened when Gladys Berejiklian went to ICAC and what the corruption investigation reveals about New South Wales politics. It's Monday, November 1. Mike, last month, the former New South Wales Premier Gladys Berejiklian resigned, and that was after it was revealed that the Independent Commission Against Corruption would be investigating her conduct. That inquiry is now underway. It started a couple of weeks ago. So can you tell me about what exactly it's investigating? Well, let's start with what ICAC is not investigating. The normal perception of these anti-corruption inquiries, that's, you know, that they involve sort of money in brown paper bags, that sort of thing. But there's no suggestion here that Gladys Berejiklian stood to gain financially from any of the decisions being raked over. Instead, what's being investigated is whether there was a conflict of interest between Berejiklian's public duties, first as Treasurer and then as Premier, and her personal relationship with the former state member for Wagga Wagga, Daryl Maguire. Mr Maguire, you're aware that this commission is investigating grant funding promised and or awarded to the Australian Clay Target Association and to the Riverina Conservatorium of Music? Is this right? You're a vociferous advocate for building projects advanced by both of those two organisations? I think the term was pain in the arse, yes. So ICAC is investigating whether this conflict resulted in a breach of public trust in connection to the allocation of grant funding for a couple of projects in Maguire's electorate. You're prepared to adopt the pain in the arse term, is that right? Yes, and vociferous. As part of being a pain in the arse, you raise those projects with multiple people within government, including ministers, ministerial advisers and departmental officials, is that right? Yes. Specifically, those projects being funding for a shooting range and a conference centre for the Australian Clay Target Association and relocation of the Riverina Conservatorium of Music and the construction of a new recital hall. Okay, so all of this seems to hinge on two things, the first being the personal relationship between Gladys Berejiklian and Daryl Maguire, and the second being how that relationship might have impacted any funding decisions that the New South Wales government made that were in Daryl Maguire's seat. So let's start with their relationship. Can you talk me through what we know about it? Sure. Well, the relationship was pretty explosively explored in earlier ICAC hearings back in October 2020 when Maguire confirmed it. Were you in a close personal relationship with Ms Berejiklian? Ah, yes. Up until then, it had been not known to almost anyone that they were in a relationship. Are you still in a close personal relationship with Ms Berejiklian? Oh, not after the events of this, I wouldn't be, no. When Berejiklian was questioned about it at the time, she called it a close personal relationship, but she seemed to downplay how serious it was. She 
sort of indicated she wasn't sure if it would be ongoing, etc. Not even your family knew no, about this. No, I didn't. No, because I thought to myself, if it was, if I thought it was of significance, you know, and it was going to go somewhere, definitely, I would have definitely. But last Thursday, we got more information about the nature of the relationship from Maguire when he was called back to ICAC. And Maguire told the inquiry that he loved Berejiklian. You loved her? Yes. So far as you could ascertain, she loved you as well? Yes. You had a key to her house? Yes. Well, you, you contemplated marriage? Yes. With her? Yes. There was discussion about potentially having a child? Yes. So it was pretty extraordinary stuff, you know, seeing a former MP discuss his secret relationship with the former Premier in public view. It was a relationship, I take it, that was attended by a level of physical intimacy. Uh, Later, yes, yes, that's correct. The other thing that was crucial here was the timing. Maguire said that the relationship was ongoing right throughout the period of time that ICAC is examining. That is, when those crucial funding decisions were made. And furthermore, the relationship continued for up to two years after he quit politics. Okay, so Daryl Maguire confirmed that he was in a relationship with the Premier at the same time that the state government decided to spend millions of dollars on grants in his seat. So what has the inquiry heard then about the decision-making process that led up to that money being allocated? Well, from the evidence that that ICAC has heard, a raft of senior bureaucrats and political staffers working for the New South Wales government knew something odd was going on. They didn't know about the close personal relationship, but they knew there was something deeply unusual about this. Extremely unusual. There was no evidence provided that this was a feasible project. The very first witness to come up a couple of weeks ago was the director of the New South Wales Office of Sport, Michael Toohey, lifelong public servant, very good witness in my view, and he said that he had serious doubts about the business case underpinning the grant application for $5.5 million from the Clay Target Association, that is, you know, the new gun club, etc. He characterised the business case as flimsy and deficient. It wasn't of sufficient quality or rigour to support a grant of the many millions of dollars that was being proposed, is that right? That, that was my view, yes. Until he was absolutely scathing about the application. Why are we pushing an allocation of funds through to a local member based on such scant and inadequate information that didn't meet the New South Wales government's own standards and policies to someone who was a personal relationship with the Treasurer? I, I can't see how that's anything but a conflict of interest. He and Others in his department, uh, there were a long succession who followed him, uh, who testified that they just didn't think the proposal was strong enough to get funding. But nonetheless, it did, and the money has been spent. The inquiry heard evidence from a number of other senior public servants, as well as ministerial staffers, former Premier Mike Baird, former Deputy Premier John Barillaro. It's a pain in the arse. He was very, very strong local member and uh, someone that really didn't let go. All attesting to the fact that Maguire was relentless in his pursuit of the grant and of his pet projects in general. And numerous senior public servants said they believed that Berejiklian was personally pushing these two schemes. 
Uh, and of course, Berejiklian did not declare any interest at any point or abstain from the cabinet considerations of this project or the other one. Mm. Okay. And so it seems like these decisions were made, Mike, despite the objections of the public servants involved. And they were also made while Daryl Maguire and Gladys Berejiklian were in a relationship. And they also all benefited Maguire's electorate. But do we know if Daryl Maguire and Gladys Berejiklian actually worked together explicitly to secure this funding? Well, that was what the bureaucrats inferred, but they didn't know. And so probably the biggest bombshell of the inquiry so far on Thursday was a number of secretly recorded phone calls between Berejiklian and Maguire. You just need to know what the right things are to throw money at Wagga. And you I'm, need to, I already know. You've already told me the three top things. And I you need know. to in, and go and give them a stadium. Give them a I'll fucking do that. I'll stadium. I'll do that too. And in them, Maguire told Berejiklian he needed money for the conservatorium and for a stadium in, in Wagga Wagga to turn it into the, quote, blazing star of the southern universe. All right. And I'll throw money at Wagga. You just have to do what's right from your end. Otherwise, you'll kill me. No, no, it's fine. I'm batting for you. In another call, after he had resigned from Parliament, Maguire told Berejiklian that the way to ensure the government kept his seat in Liberal Party hands at the obvious by-election that had to follow was to, quote, just throw money at Wagga. You don't see... I don't want to argue with you. I just need to go and chill because you've stressed All right, I'll go and chill. You just throw money at Wagga. I'll throw money at Wagga. Don't you worry about that. Just listen to me. So Maguire mentioned his desire for that new stadium and also complained that bureaucracy had rejected it. And Berejiklian's reply was... Yes, but I can overrule them. Yes, but I can overrule them. We'll be back after this. Need a reminder of what political leadership looks like? Australia's master of political satire, Jonathan Biggins, is back embodying the iconic Paul Keating, visionary, reformer and rabble-rouser. Due to overwhelming demand, one-man comedy The Gospel According to Paul is returning to the Opera House, on from the 4th to 23rd of June for its final term ever. Secure your tickets now at sydneyoperahouse.com for an unforgettable evening. With award-winning news coverage and reviews, The Saturday Paper is essential reading for everybody. For a limited time, subscribe to a year of our quality, independent journalism, and you'll receive The Saturday Paper's stainless steel coffee cup, made in collaboration with Fresco, for free. Subscribe from just $2.10 a week. Simply visit thesaturdaypaper.com.au forward slash offer. The Saturday Paper. No hot takes. Mike, on Friday, Gladys Berejiklian turned up to ICAC to answer some questions. Let's talk about her evidence. What did she say about her relationship with Daryl Maguire? Well, she was asked specifically about the evidence that Maguire gave, you know, where he said that they were in love and thinking of marriage and children. And I've got to say, it was pretty excruciating to watch. You know, we're basically watching the dissection of the former Premier's love life in real time. But as she had previously, she appeared to try to downplay just how serious the relationship was. How can you possibly say that the relationship was not of sufficient status to consider making a disclosure with respect to it, when on the very same day you're telling Mr Maguire that he's your family? 
Well, that's a turn of phrase, but I did not mean it in the context that I regarded him as family, especially not in relation to the code. And in the end, she sort of said that she regarded him as part of her, quote, love circle, unquote. I've often regarded other colleagues or friends as family or brothers. And in fact, uh, I, I regard my closest friends as family. What was particularly interesting, though, was that despite all this, when she was asked specifically about whether she would declare her relationship if she had her time again, she was unrepentant. That you did turn your mind to whether you should disclose it at the time. Um, I don't think I did, um, Commissioner, because... Never crossed your mind? No, because I didn't think it was something that I needed to disclose because it was something in my personal life. But she didn't feel the relationship was at a stage where she would have to introduce it or to declare it when government consideration of, you know, spending was going on. Okay, and so what about the taped phone calls that were played at ICAC, Mike, those calls that show that she was talking to Darren Maguire about the grant proposals and those are the same proposals that are the subject of the investigation? Yeah, well, that, that's right. The Commission heard excerpts from a quite a number of recorded phone calls where Berejik Lynn and Maguire discussed a number of the funding proposals in the Walker Walker electorate, and, and I might add other deals that Maguire seemed to have in train. I said, what about the, the base hospital? He, I said, no money to, to... I said, we're about to start building. Oh, I still have to get back to you. Oh, I said, okay. I said, no money for Wagga. You'll have a fucking right on your hands. I said, your uncle... In one phone call, Maguire was complaining about the lack of infrastructure funding for the Wagga Wagga hospital. And he wanted Berejiklian to fix it. He wanted a lot more money for his hospital, asked her to fix it, and she said she did. She said, I've already got you the Wagga Wagga Hospital. I've just spoken to Dom, meaning Dom Perrottet, who was then the treasurer, and sorted it out. I'll do it. Right. I'll fix it. Some of these people, honest to Christ. I'll fix it. But despite this evidence, Berejiklian denied that Maguire had any special access to her compared with other MPs who were lobbying for funding. She said she made herself available to all her MPs, but it's hard to believe that they would all be having conversations like like that one. In another phone call, Maguire actually told Berejiklian that he'd been summoned to ICAC. What happened was I'd been subpoenaed to go to ICAC, summoned to ICAC. So that's exciting. <laughs> what? Yeah. What well, because I introduced that idiot, Hawat, to... Um, country garden. Right. Is there anything to worry about? No. Oh, good. No. There was this fascinating, very funny kind of meta moment where as he was railing against ICAC and, and how it trapped people, there was this meta moment where he said... It's worse than the Spanish fucking Inquisition. You know, mm-hmm. that people can't even talk anymore. You know, they could be taping your conversation with me right now. Mm-hmm. You know, you wouldn't know. And, uh, and in fact, they were. Mm. And what does all of this tell us at a higher level, Mike? What can be gleaned here about the way that political decisions are made, particularly in New South Wales? Because even if we were to accept that Maguire was treated no differently to any other politician, even in that generous reading, it still seems like we're looking at a fairly cavalier way to treat the spending of public money. Well, it absolutely does. It shows a system of patronage and self-interest, where personal relationships and particularly electoral imperatives seem to decide who gets funded, um, you know, what hospitals get upgraded, what projects get the go-ahead, regardless of their benefit to the community. And I think that's 
kind of the bigger point here, really. One interesting bit of evidence earlier in the piece to ICAC came from Nigel Blunden, who was the former head of political strategy for Premier Mike Baird when uh, Berejiklian was treasurer, and money for the gun club was about to come before cabinet. And Blunden wrote a memo to the Premier in which he complained not only that this particular pet project of Maguire's was not economically sound, he complained because Maguire's seat was a safe seat. He said at the very least, if they were going to be splashing money out like this, they should be splashing it out in marginal seats. And in the cases that ICAC is looking at, these two cases, the amounts of money were relatively tiny, you know, $35 million odd in total. But when you look around at the, the bigger picture, we're talking billions of dollars at a state level and particularly at a federal level. You know, think of sports roads, think of commuter car parks, think of, I think it's up to about $7 billion now of various discretionary programs that the federal government is running. This is not the way that things should happen. You know, there is due process. We have process, we have bureaucrats for the very purpose of making sure that taxpayers' money is spent to the benefit of all taxpayers. Mike, thank you so much for your time and I'll be interested to see what else comes out as the hearings continue. Won't we all? Thanks. Sydney Dance Company explodes on stage with Momenta. This world premiere by acclaimed choreographer Raphael Bonicella is unmissable contemporary dance. Strictly limited season from the 28th of May to the 8th of June. Book now at sydneydancecompany.com. Also in the news today, Collingwood Football Club forward Jordan Degoe has been charged with assault in the United States. The New York City Police Department confirmed that Degoe and another Australian man were arrested after allegedly forcibly touching a woman at a nightclub and assaulting her companion. On Sunday, the Collingwood Football Club said they were yet to speak to the AFL player. And the Victorian government has announced it will host a state funeral for Australian TV icon Bert Newton. Newton died while undergoing palliative care at a private clinic in Melbourne over the weekend. He was 83. I'm Ruby Jones. This is 7am. See you tomorrow.